America Meditating Radio Show, we collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts 24-7. Hi, I'm Sister Jenna. Join me and guest on Blog Talk Radio as we amplify stories that compel us to be more for ourselves and everyone else around us. The Azar Foundation for Children of the World is an organization aimed to support women and children in need across the globe. We believe in empowering lives, strengthening minds, and providing programs that enrich health and education. The Azar Foundation was founded in 2003 and has been serving the world ever since. Visit us at our website at www.azarforchildren.org. That's www.azar, the number four, children.org to find out more information about our endeavors and join our mailing list. Remember, the smile and the cry of a child doesn't have any language. The Azar Foundation. The Meditation Museum in Silver Spring, Maryland offers a variety of courses and activities to make your life go a whole lot smoother. Located at 9525 Georgia Avenue, you will be able to experience the beautiful silence that's in the space. There are courses in Raj Yoga Meditation, Positive Thinking, Stress-Free Living, and Personal Development classes. For more information, call us at 301-588-0144 or visit us online at meditationmuseum.org. I was 11 years old at my first national championship. I fell I don't know how many times. Michelle Kwong is the most decorated figure skater in U.S. history. When I had a dream, my dream came true because I dedicated myself. Dedication made Michelle Kwong a champion. I was passionate about something and I made sure that I worked hard for it. And dedication can make your dreams a reality. Whatever your dream and goals are, they can come true. Dedication. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Vin Verga, author of The Soul of All Living Creatures, and I listen to America Meditating Radio. Thank you, Dr. Vin. Hello, everyone. This is Sister Jenna from the America Meditating Radio, and we're always glad that you could join us on the air to learn more about who we are and where we're going. And um, you've all been following the show. For those of you who are committed listeners, and you know how passionate I am about everything that I do. But in particular, I'm also quite passionate about the state of our world, but also the state of the land, the country, that my feet happen to spend the most time in, and I call that America. And what is it that we are enduring? What are we enduring? What are we going through? What are we dealing with here? A lot of emotional strain, which eventually become physical pains. The amplification of fear is out the roof, and I think that we're all feeling it in very subtle ways that we're not even able to really communicate it accurately in words. Uh, Just for example, the other day I was speaking to a celebrity friend of mine, and I just made a comment about inspiring them to come on board for a project that we're working on called the Day of Healing, which is a reconciliation conversation bringing in blue and red, all faiths, children. We need some celebrities on board just so it can become a global live streaming. Locally, we're taking care of here in D.C., but we wanted it to be a global streaming. Anyway, make a long story short. At the beginning, they said yes, and at the second thought was a no. And I said, wow, I must have um, mistakenly not 
explain myself clearly about the purity and the intent of this program. And wow, they lashed out that I basically hurt their feelings. And I thought to myself, how did that hurt? Wow, let let me re- let me regroup and find out what it was that I said. And so I called a friend of mine, Rita Cannon, and I said, Rita, did I say anything wrong? Did I do something wrong here? And Rita hit it on the nail. Rita said, Sister Jenna, the energy of fear and ego right now is so high in the country that people are picking up everything. And even if you were to invite them on something that's really good for them, they would actually feel maybe a sort of a resistance because there's also some other issues going on inside which is not inspiring them to move into that place right now. So it's important that I don't take that on on a personal level. And at the same token, how can you not walk into a nightclub and still feel like you don't want to you know, move your hips a little bit? In other words, the influence of the vibrations must be impacting us at some level, whether you're spiritual or not. And so how do we cope with that? And how are we enduring the negative energies that's out there emotionally and mentally? And what is that one thought that we need to somehow identify and put into practice so it can move us mentally and emotionally. Stay tuned. We have quite an interesting um, guest on the air, Lee Di Pietro, who's an endurance athlete and motivational speaker, will be joining us soon. And I'm curious to find out what's Lee's one thought that inspires her to run and win 202 races in this lifetime and has done as much as she has. Before I get Lee on the air, I'd like us, though, to do what we do best here, and that is to take you into a deeper place of reflection and contemplation just so that we can center ourselves for all the right reasons. Here's Carmen Warrington, Here and Now. Take a deep breath. Here and Now. These two meditation practices allow you to be present in the here and now. Not in the past, worrying about things that are over. Not in the future, Worrying about things that might be. Right in the present. Because right here and right now, you're okay. Let's begin with here. So make sure you're sitting comfortably. And close your eyes or leave them half open if you wish. Begin by having a sense of where you are. Are you outdoors or are you in a building? Feel the temperature of this environment. Listen to the sounds in the distance. do you hear nearby? Mm -hmm. 
Notice everything without judging it, without commenting in your mind. Now, sense your body, starting with your toes and slowly working your way up. Become aware of the soles of your feet and your ankle bones. Feel the bend in your knees. Feel where your hands are and whether your fingers are curled over or straight. Feel where your body makes contact with the furniture. Notice the curve in your spine in your lower back, middle of your back, the curve in your neck. Notice the angle of your head. and whether your teeth are together or slightly apart. Feel the texture of your clothing on your skin. Notice the temperature of your body. Sense the weight of your legs and your arms, your head. Sense the weight of your whole body. Notice how still your body is. And how calm you are. Be present to your body here in this place. For a few more moments, rest. and welcome back. That was Here and Now by Carmen Warrington and one of my favorite meditation instructors. You're listening to America Meditating Radio and we are always happy that you could join us whenever you wish, 24-7, either on the free app, Pulse for Peace, or on Blog Talk Radio, or on any of the other networks that we happen to be on. Just keep searching for America Meditating and don't forget to mention Sister Jenna. Before I get our guest speaker on Lead Di Pietro, I'd like to invite our wonderful Sister Gita and have her do a reading. I haven't heard from her in a long time. So, Sister Gita, welcome to the air. What do you have for us today? Yes, Om Shanti. Greetings of peace. Om Shanti is the homework we've got for the season. Om Shanti means I am the embodiment of peace, regardless of what the external you know, pictures may be. Om Shanti is the religion of the self. I'm taking from inspiration a step ahead, and this book is authored by 
Debbie Jenke. The topic is on being enthusiastic. Sister Jenna wears that cap most of the times, 90% of the times. The one who is constantly flying with zeal and enthusiasm brings progress to self and others too. Situation, for example. Whenever problems come my way, I tend to feel heavy with wasteful and negative thoughts. However, at that time, I am not able to feel free and light. When there is heaviness in my mind, I can't move forward with enthusiasm, and thereby I find it difficult to contribute to others' progress as well. Solution. Whatever the circumstances I'm faced with, I need to make special effort not to reduce my enthusiasm in any way. The more I'm able to be enthusiastic, the more I'm able to contribute to the progress of others too, along with my own progress. A very wise person once looked at me and said, no matter what happens, firstly the person said, you have good enthusiasm. And they pointed the finger in my face. You must maintain it forever. No matter what happens, maintain that enthusiasm and you will experience success easily. What a memory. Om Shanti. Have a wonderful day. Om Shanti. Thank you so much. Beautiful as usual. Well, we're really excited to welcome Lee Di Piet- Pietro. She's an endurance athlete, motivational speaker, and an educator. You see, Lee discovered the exhilaration of endurance athletics when she ran her first race and over the course of her 30-year career won 202 races and established herself as one of the preeminent endurance athletes of her day. Climbing the ranks of the running world, Lee could not anticipate the struggles her family would soon face. The strength to persevere she had cultivated as a runner would become crucial in the face of adversity and pain. Proven that running can be a tool that saves lives, far from just a sport. She's the author of Against the Wind, an iron woman's race for her family's survival. And today we welcome Lee to the America Meditating Radio. Hi, Lee. Welcome. Hi, Sister Jenna. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. Um, I wish I could run the way that you do. I barely can run up the steps. So I know what it takes to actually be really so internally driven that you um, can push your body to the limit. And so I'm amazed by your record as an endurance athlete. And can you share with our listeners, what is it that inspired your interest in um, athletics and running? Well, I think from when I was a little girl, I discovered I was a middle daughter of five girls. My mother had five girls in five years. And so Mm -hmm. somehow I had to find a way to get their attention. (laughs) And through my sports, that was sort of where I achieved, you know, uh, recognition. And I loved all kinds of sports, all kinds of competition. And when um, when I got into school, I would, you know, come home and be able to tell them, you know, I won this race or I mostly played team sports and it really wasn't until I um, until I was in college and graduated in, from Boston University and just fell into sort of the running world and it, it was when I started 
doing the, my first race actually was running the last 10 miles of the Boston Marathon with my sister when I was um, 25. And that's really what, what hooked me into the running. And I saw all these people, all different sizes and shapes, and doing this trance-like running. You know, they, they just, they, it just amazed me that these, all these different shapes and sizes and ages uh, complete this 26.2-mile run. So mm, wow. I did this. I did this, and I had, I, you know, I hadn't been playing sports for a while when I did this at 25, and it sort of reignited in me this drive to compete. And I decided right then and there that I had to run my own marathon. So six months later, I turned around and ran the New York Marathon. And from that moment on, I just got hooked into um, running. I didn't know this world existed. You know, we didn't have, I'm 58 now. So when I was started, you know, 30, 35 years ago, we didn't have the luxury of Googling, you know, how to run a race or how to even find a race. And so I sort of uh, discovered this world of running that I didn't know existed and met these incredible people and learned a lot by trial and error and I just found that it was something that gave me such confidence and such strength that it was sort of my high it was you know where I found my strength and where um, I could get away from from everyday troubles in the world and and uh, get on the road and run and breathe and hear myself breathing and think about what I wanted to think about and solve my problems and it just taught me a lot about myself I can imagine. Now, I know that for there are a few words that you mentioned that kind of popped out at me. One was a translating experience. And does that mean like you went internally into your interior world where you started to identify thoughts that you genuinely wouldn't identify? Or was it that things were getting clearer for you? Or was it that it was just an escape, an escape from whatever obstacles and hardship that might be emerging in your life. I mean, because when we're running, we always think like we're running away from, not running to. Right, right. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, and I and I think that's really, a, you know, a, it's, it's interesting that you said that because I think that people do think that runners are running away from things. Um, mm-hmm. For me, it was a place where I could go to find solutions. It was my uh, time to myself, and... Um, I remember at a race one day when um, my coach said to me, you know, I, I get very nervous before these races and there's a lot of pressure. And when I was there, you know, had climbed the ranks and become such a um, nationally ranked athlete, there was a lot of pressure on me to perform. And he said to me, we were standing by this lake in Vermont, and he said, look out across the lake. You know, my, my heart's pounding about a million miles an hour right now. And he said, take a deep breath. And look at the peaceful lake. And he goes, you need to get yourself into that place, into that place where you can channel your energy to what you need to do. You have to calm yourself. And I think that, you know, sometimes you get out on, I get out on these runs or races, even just training. And the first couple of steps, you're, you know, your heart's beating, you're, you know, it might be a little bit difficult, you're straining a little bit, but soon you get into this rhythm where, that's where you can go to become calm, become remind yourself that you're strong and think clear I, I can with those my heart beating and my body able to relax, I found that I could think clearly. So it was mm. a place where I could go. I'm not running away from anything. I'm going there to find a place where I can be strong and think clearly. Mm. Well, well, tell us a little bit about your book, Against the Wind, An Iron Woman's Race for Her Family's Survival. What was going on, and why did you choose to write that? Well, 
in in the year 2010, my seemingly very healthy husband, we did a lot of races together, and and he was a triathlete as well. Came uh, was diagnosed with cancer, and it was such a shock, um, as it always is for people, I'm sure. And when all of this happened, it there was a month of misdiagnosis from everything from Lyme's disease and and uh, various other things. And the whole time. When all this was going on, I was getting scareder and scareder and scareder as we're going now. They're thinking it could be leukemia or all these different things, blood cancers. I would go out on these on my run and I would say, I think, God, what could this be? You know, and I'd come up with all these answers and solutions. And finally, I went to the doctor's office with him and said, I am pretty sure that what this lump that has appeared in his leg could be the culprit. Could you check it again? And as it turned out, he had a sarcoma in his leg, a very aggressive form of sarcoma. And so my book is is really about how my life as a runner, as an endurance athlete, unknowingly prepared me and my family to not only deal with adversity, but it was a, a, a something that helped my husband, too, because of all his sports that... Um, he was able to channel his strength and remind himself, you know, I can get through this. And it was sort of, he was um, given this three months of chemo and radiation, and we sort of treated it like our, like a triathlon of life, if you will. You know, we had one stage of chemo and then radiation and then chemo and then radiation, and was sort of a step-by-step thing. We would get through one, sort of check it off and say, okay, what's next? And my life as, a, as an endurance athlete, it, it taught us to control what you can control and how you react. You know, if you if if you are faced with something that you think is beyond your means, for instance, in a race you have horrible weather, you have terrible headwinds, which happens often, which is hence my title against the wind. There's nothing you can do about that. Well, the only thing you can do is control how you react to it. What are you going to do? This is what the situation is, and you've got to find a way to get through it. It's kind right. of like and life in everything where we stop projecting the blame on other people or external forces, and we start to look at our own lives internally and find right. out what is it that I might be missing or what is it that I need to develop here or mm-hmm. what are my strengths that um, I actually need to remember to keep using when I'm facing adversity. Did you right. find that was be- was becoming more amplified for you as well? I think that was totally clear, and it suddenly occurred to me. And the interesting thing was when he was diagnosed, when we went in to meet with uh, the doctors, and he was diagnosed with this um, cancer. When we sat down, the doctor turned to me and he said, "So, um, I hear you're this Ironman triathlete." And I thought, "Huh? Why is he asking me this? You know this." This meeting is not about me. You know, we're, I'm here to find out about my husband. And, and when I went home that night after a long day in the hospital, we were there from 8 in the morning thinking we were just going to be told, oh, it's just this little lump and we're going to remove it in a week and you'll be fine. And <laughs> that was not the case. And I went home that night and I was laying in bed and my eyes, you know, staring at the ceiling after everything we learned. And I thought to myself, I know why he asked me that because he wanted to remind me of the strength that I had when facing something that you think is beyond your means, that you can do it, okay. believe that you can do it. And he wanted to remind me, I think, that I had to be strong for my husband because he was going to need me to be strong for him and to help him get through this. So I thought that was really interesting. And the reason I wrote this book was to help other people see that there are ways of getting through things, but you have to believe that you can do it, and you have to, if you if you if you're negative about something, you're putting yourself in a bad spot before you even begin. So, 
I right. think that the power of the mind, you tell yourself you can do something you think you can't, and at least you have a chance. Mm, I understand that. So, Lee, um, what have you learned? I mean, the power of your mind is the most important thing. You can overcome adversity with the power of your mind. Is that what it is all about? Is that fundamentally the message you'd like everyone to know that you have what it takes in your interior world to overcome whatever what we would call karmic challenges that appear in our lives? Yes, I think that's very true. And I think that the other thing that I really learned as an athlete and being a mom when I started racing, I have two boys and, you know, we did a lot of traveling around the world and um, being there, uh, my children would be there, my husband would be there when he retired from racing. They would always be there cheering me on. And the, the book is not just about that. It's also about support and family and love and what, you know, how you can be there for each other and the power of, of, of the support system. Um, and sadly, not everybody has that. And so my message of, yes, if you there you are on your own, Facing something that is so uh, beyond your means. Um, I'm not sure if everybody knows what an Iron Man is, but that's something that people look at and say, "Oh my gosh, how do you do that?" A hunt, you know, 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and a 26.2 mile run. So you look at the big picture and you think this is just overwhelming. But you break it down into pieces that your body and your mind can handle. You start with a first you know, the swim and even halfway through the swim and then the bike and then the run. And with each success, with each step that you accomplish, it encourages you to go on to the next. So I think that's part of my story. Um, And beyond where where my husband, I didn't get into this before with you, but um, we had a lot that went on in 2010. I lost a sister and then my husband was sick. And then just when we thought we were getting through the worst of it, my uh, son was in a horrific accident and um, was airlifted to a hospital and fighting for his life. So at each point where you thought that you'd get through what the worst thing possibly could happen to you, the next thing happened. And um, my book is really how you keep going forward in a situation like that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, congratulations on really overcoming what I always say to myself, my own invitations (laughs) to basically... You know, to basically see if I have faith, faith in myself, faith in, in God, faith in our humanity. And I believe that we get tested in all of these areas constantly. And yep. the way we get to witness what our strengths are and how much we can endure um, becomes, I don't know if it's a, it's a powerful message or if it's just a confirmation of how beautiful the energy of God is or how beautiful the energy of life can be if I use it, you know, in the way that it can be used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, thank you for your um, beautiful story of life. And before I let you go, leave us with your best vision for yourself that would make the world a better place and information where we could find more about you and your book. Okay. Well, I I just want to, you know, the running gave me so much in life. I'm still competing. I'm still running. I'm still meeting people, which I think the more I meet people and I hear their story, it reminds me, you know, everybody has things in life. And if we can all share with each other how to get through these difficult times in life, it helps us to realize that you're not alone, that um, that you can get through this and uh, this thing called life with its challenges. And um 
we all have the power to do that. We just have to believe in ourselves. Um, you can read my, find my book on um, uh, on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. It's called Against the Wind by Lee DiPietro. And there's more information on my website, leedipietro.com, and that's um, L E E D I P I E T R O. Um, Sister Jenna, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed um, being on your show and speaking with you. Oh, same here. Thank you so much and all the very best. Many good wishes. Is your husband okay now? Yes, he is. And and my son, actually, I'm now a double grandmother. My son just had Mm -hmm. their second child. They had a little. They have had a little boy. Now they had a little girl. And I'm I'm buying pink. So. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. Well, all the very best to you. Thank you so much. Okay, take care. You're welcome. Bye-bye. So they always say, um, I always hear this, God won't give you more than you can bear. And then I always chuckle when I hear that because I feel we invite all of these situations in our lives and we will not get more than we can handle. It's just a matter of um, having enough wisdom tools and perhaps enough internal love to see it through when it actually resurfaces in our in our journey. Thank you for joining us on America Meditating Radio. And uh, please put in your calendar November the 13th from 3 to 5 EST. And if you'd like to also host a program on how we can heal our country, just go to Day of Healing um, website and let us know if you'd like to host a event in your area. So just go to dayofhealing.us and myself and the Shift Network and Unity Church and a few others are organizing a Day of Healing and Reconciliation, reuniting our country after the election. And there'll be Dr. Oz, Marion Williamson, the Ganda Boys, uh, Kristen Hoffman, our very dear friend, Reverend um, Rich Taffel, and we're hoping to get a lot more on board. But do join us for this, what I would think is a very important and timely conversation which we need to have. So just go to dayofhealing.us and sign up for um, collaborating with us. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we are here to love each other the same. So let's continue to do that. Many good wishes, my friends, and I will end today's show with an instrumental just for us to hold some silence as we continue with the journey that we're on. Take care. Thank you. 